Hi there, and welcome to the Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast, where two diehard rugby fans having a weekly chat about all things Aussie rugby. We're real, family-friendly and positive, so get involved. Get involved. Now, I've got to say this before we do the how you doing, how's your week been? This is the first time since episode two we've actually recorded in person, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, COVID meant that we've basically done everything via Zoom since then. And um, we apologize in advance if you hear the trucks on the highway behind us. Not much we can do about it. So it is what it is. Mitchell, how's your week been? Yeah, not bad. Um, obviously, the week, the results from the weekend didn't go the way I would have liked. But, mm. I mean, we'll get into the rugby chat shortly. But you've had a big week and a big weekend. <laughs> Mate, yeah, we moved house. Um, so I was lucky enough that my mum took our two boys. So I mean, we could just focus on the move. Got it done, nice. which, was, which was excellent. I think... I feel how you did, what, six weeks ago? Yeah, about that. About six weeks. So that's why this episode is out of day later, because we're recording on Monday instead of Sunday. So apologies, everybody, but there's a very good reason for it. Well, mate, um, why don't we jump into the social platforms? Okay, so we would love you to give us a follow on Instagram. We're at hashtag pick underscore drive underscore rugby. We're on Facebook on the page Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast. And we've also been on Twitter, so we probably weren't that active over the weekend, but... We are getting more and more active on there, so do give us a follow. We are at, at pick underscore drive rugby. Brilliant. Well, tonight, it's going to be a pretty simple evening. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the pretty significant news which has been popping up recently, uh, probably more so talking around the Pony squad, players of national interest squad that's been kind of leaked or released from Dave Rennie and Wallabies camp. And then we're going to be talking about the two games from Super Rugby AU over the weekend. So I'm pretty excited to get into the conversations, even if our beloved Waratahs did lose heavily down <laughs> in the, uh, the nation's capital depths of hell, which is Canberra <laughs> on a winter's evening. But regardless, let's jump, in, jump on into it, and we're going to start with our spicy news. The spicy news. Let's go. First up this week, we're looking at the spicy, spicy news. Uh, we're going to do it in two different blocks this week. So first, we're going to look at some international news, and then we'll look at the domestic side of things. So on the international front, I guess you'd call this international. We call New Zealand across the ditch. They are technically another country. Technically, they are. I mean, they're very close to us as neighbours and friends and, well, I won't go that far, poor but co- as neighbours. The poor cousins. The poor cousins. Yeah. Um, we didn't mention this last week, and we probably should have, considering it was actually meant to be played last week. So... New Zealand was supposed to play their North versus South game last weekend. Now, this is a, essentially their version of Rugby League State of Origin, being players from the North and then players from the South. It was a little bit weird in the media how they went about actually choosing players. With the barracks playing against each other? Yeah, because it wasn't, it wasn't so much a State of Origin. It was, a, as, it was where your Super Rugby team's based that you get picked from. So mm-hmm. if you're playing for the Blues or if you're playing for the Highlanders and all that kind of thing, not so much where you started. So you've got the two or the three Barretts all playing against each other, which is weird. But anyway, back to the topic at hand, it was postponed. So due to the um, increase uh, cases that were picked up in New Zealand over the last week, they had to postpone it. We're now looking at it being played on September the 5th. That's the date that's been penciled in. Um, if it does go ahead, they're going to be playing it behind closed doors, but there's still big, um, I guess, clouds over if it's going to go ahead at all. 
I think it's going to be really exciting. Um, everybody was really pumped for this game. The quality of the players on each side was just impressive, even if you don't consider the juicy little family stories that are coming yeah. to like Geordie and Bowden facing off against each other. Um, so I think there's a lot to really look forward to this game. You just know that New Zealand is being very, very... Um, very careful and considering conservative might be another way just in regards to how they're trying to handle um, any outbreaks and so it may well be that this game gets postponed again if the if, if the it does go ahead at all on. yeah yeah and look it I, f- I feel like it will go ahead it's just a matter of when well I think it there's only so much they can keep postponing it and if the, yeah. if their cases do get to a point where they're uncontrollable again, Oh, yeah. Then they may have to call it off. But at this stage, yeah. I mean, the as you mentioned before, the two sides that they've named looked amazing. Like, this will be the best game of rugby played in the last few years, for sure. Even with, even including the World Cup. So, big call, but that would be an awesome game. I really do hope it, it goes ahead. I think just the idea of seeing some of the best New Zealand players facing up against the best New Zealand players for... It's basically like a, um, an All Blacks playoff. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, we've there's been talks in the media about what the Wallabies should do with the probables versus possibles. Um, and I guess that's kind of what this is because you've got two teams, so you've got to mix the talent, but you're going to have all the All Blacks playing in it. So, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Yeah. Now, I did read something else online this week as well that they... Some people are kind of asking why they're playing an internal game and they're not sort of looking wider to sort of spread the... Um, exposure of rugby or um, bringing a bit of money to some of the struggling nations around. And they did say that they were, uh, their first priority was to play an um, up-and-coming um, second-tier Pacific Island team, but no one was available to play them. So, Yeah, I just think with all the international travel restrictions, that's almost foolishly idealistic, I think. There's just so little international travel that's happening at the moment. And even the mooted rugby championship, which is meant to be happening later in the year with New Zealand, South Africa, Argentina, Australia, that's all predicated on the idea that New Zealand's going to be the hub and every team has to go through a mandatory two-week quarantine period. Um, There's even talks for uh, South Africa and Argentina to have like a 45-man touring squad. Well, they they might need it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because most of their players haven't been playing any rugby, and so there's almost definitely going to be injury, but any injury cover that comes in has to isolate for two weeks. Exactly. So you have to have the players on hand that you might need if there is an injury, let alone having a deep squad because they haven't played in a long time. Like, it's even, (laughs) when you look at it in that way, it's even bigger than the World Cup. Yeah, they didn't yeah, have squad they didn't have squad sizes that big at the World no. Cup, and you'd be going away for as long, if not longer. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and can you imagine being South African and the first game that you play of rugby in twenty twenty is against the All Blacks, yeah. who have come off this domestic comp and have played. I mean, you probably played a little bit of Super Rugby earlier on, but yeah. damn, you'd, how much would that have suck to play it as New Zealand playing Australia as the first game? They have Argentina, to. South Africa as the. It's like a, as their warm up. Yeah, their warm up is to play each other. But imagine being Argentina, like that would suck. Oh, it really would. Smacked. They don't have the depth, and even their best players are playing over in Europe. Like, well, that's the um, other Augustine thing. Creedy Could they come now... back? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think they, I think um, WIU World Rugby changed the international windows mm. 
So technically, they probably could because they'd still have to just go through the same quarantine process that they'd need to as the rest of the squad. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure the international window has got changed to allow for the potential of the rugby. But I wonder if you might have to, like, if you're based in Europe, you might have to sit at, sit through two um, quarantine periods. You come back to Argentina, do two weeks, oh, then you fly over Surely they'd just fly straight to New Zealand. Surely. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, who knows? Yeah, that'd be the expectation. and just yeah. go straight to New Zealand. Anyway, um, I mean, that's, that's what we'll see. But So the next, what's the next point we're going to talk about today? Um, basically, look, this really hurts me to say it, but a New Zealand head coach is not being an absolute tool bag. And so Ian Foster actually has said something slightly complimentary about I'm going to claim it for the name. It's the Foster name. It's the Foster thing. Okay. It's not the fact that he's the head coach of New Zealand. It's the fact (laughs) he's a Foster. Yeah, people (laughs) in the pod, maybe you can read into what Mitch's last name is. But anyway, now, basically, guys and girls, what Ian Foster has come out and said is that, you know what? No, maybe um, there should be five Australian sides in whatever trans-Tasman competition goes on. Now, previously there had been in an internal New Zealand report the recommendation that only two Australian teams, or maybe three, but likely two Australian teams were to be invited to apply for the eight-team New Zealand comp. So five New Zealand teams, two Australian and one Pacific Island. Um, but Ian Foster, in, in fairness, has been fairly complimentary and said the standard of Super Rugby AU has progressed significantly as the competition has developed and the, the quality is increasing. So he doesn't believe that it will be that much of a mismatch come uh, the All Blacks games at the end of the year if the Rugby Championship goes ahead or whatever Trans-Tasman comp is in the future. So, I mean, he's still being a little bit condescending, just not as much as Steve Hansen. And <laughs> that's not hard to do because yeah. Steve Hansen is one of the biggest... Sir Steve Hansen. Now, is he nice? He's been knighted. That's disgusting. Yes, that's something we didn't bring up the other oh, week. I think two oh, weeks ago he was knighted. What? How? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I guess it doesn't matter if you're an absolute... No, don't worry. We're a friendly <laughs> pod. <laughs> We're a positive pod, aren't we? We're positive about Aussie rugby, though, so I oh, guess okay. we'll take that. That counts. Okay. Um, but to be honest, Ian Foster may well be a better bloke, and in what he's saying here is fair enough. Um, it's undeniable that the Aotearoa comp has been of a high quality overall. There have been some fantastic Super Rugby AU games, and the majority of the games have been fairly tight throughout the whole competition. Um, the one thing... Oh, I had something I was going to say to this, and now I've just had a mental blank. Mitch, is there anything you want to jump in whilst I try and rack my brain? Yeah, look, I mean... I guess at this point, the head coach of the nation is not going to have too much to say in what happens going forward. So I, I guess he's in a good position that he can come out and say these and make himself look like, yeah, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the nice bloke here. I don't want to yeah. be the one that's getting shot down by all the Aussies. But realistically, he's not on the sands up board. He's not going to be the one that's making the agreements of who plays and how many teams. So... I don't know how much we read into this and see if that will change the the views. An interesting point to consider is, um, will Super Rugby even have a Trans-Tasman comp next year? Because if you think about the current travel restrictions, the resurgence in cases in New Zealand, the issues that we're still having in Australia, particularly down in Victoria, um, and there's no guarantee that that won't happen again in Queensland or New South Wales, there's the strong possibility that there will not be international travel when the Super Rugby season is meant to start up in what, March? Yeah. March next year. Or February, like, end of February. Yeah, yeah. So that's even earlier. And yep. that's not 
far away because we're what in August. August now, end of August, about to start set. Yeah. And so September, October, November, December, like that's five, well, six, seven months away. It could well be that we have to have another season of domestic Super Rugby AU. Yeah, and that might be that might be what we're forced to do. And yep. personally, I don't think yeah, that's, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I don't think that's the worst thing that could happen. I almost think a second season of domestic rugby to give a lot of the young players that are getting some really good quality week in week out high level experience is a fantastic thing for Australian rugby. Yeah. Given two years of this type of domestic comp and then blow them against New Zealand. Yeah, well, that's if if. It, as you're saying, if that ends up being the case and there is no international travel, we may not be able to play any international rugby at all this year. Yeah. And we'll only be looking at two domestic comps, two years of domestic comps, and then potentially yeah. playing the All Blacks this time next year. It opens it up to potential gala matches or exhibition matches, like you kind of State of the Union slash State of yeah, Origin. Exactly. Or kind of City vs. Country or something like that later in the year, just to provide a bit of. They'd have to be something. They'd have to fill it with something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, I think that's it for the international side of Oh, things. there's just one other thing we wanted Ooh. to say. The Premiership started back oh, yeah. last yeah. week. So English rugby, or European rugby, sorry, is back on. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been interesting from their approach to this whole COVID situation is they're actually playing midweek games. So they're, they're trying to catch up to finish the season. Yeah, they're trying to squeeze this the end of their competition into such a short time frame so they can then have somewhat of an off-season and start the next season. Yep. So... Yeah, the, you were just saying off the air that there's some teams that are potentially playing two or three games in a seven-day period. Three games in a seven-day period. That's crazy. That now, what crazy. the... Um, I, can't Premier, I can't remember the name of the Players Association over in England, um, but what they've actually just put into play in the last few days is kind of restrictions around how much a player can play yep. in a certain time period. And so I think what the some of the guidelines that I was hearing are along the lines of you cannot play 180 minutes of rugby in a seven or eight day period of time, wow. which is still huge. That's still two that's full games plus 20 minutes. Yeah. Like that's a lot. Um, you cannot start three games in a row. Within seven days. Within seven days. Okay. Um, and there, there were some more, but those are the two main ones that I can remember. It's like a, it's basically a forced rotation policy. It is. And I mean, over in the premiership, they've got the squad depth to be able to kind of handle that to an extent. Um, but there's a bit of conversation going around about whether or not there should be these restrictions on players or on clubs and how they use their players. Um, because as, as some people that I was reading and listening to or commenting as well. It's very much different if you're playing Worcester yep. comparative to playing Saracens yep. or Exeter. Yeah. Um, so one game you feel comp- you would feel completely different playing against Worcester than you would against yeah, Exeter. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And so it's not apples and oranges. It's apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, by putting in time limits, it's not... They were saying that you should just trust the clubs, but my concern is like... Trusting clubs and players to look after their own welfare when there's pressure for them to play and a professional player wants to play as many games as they can, mm. they you don't want players having to play through pain, yeah. like significant levels yeah, of pain, exactly. um, risk further injury. So I think to an extent, limiting game time is a good thing. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Mm. I mean, it's only the second week now. Yep. So yep. I, I don't recall there being any midweek games this week. I'm wondering I if they... Yeah, I think they're going into it this 
Yeah, because they've got the European um, competitions, so the Heineken Cup is kicking back in. As well? So well, yeah, got that's, those that's games. why some of the games are... Oh, is that why they've got yeah, three? Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. So they'll have a Saturday game, a midweek game, and a Sunday game. Yeah, yeah. But the midweek game being the European... That's my understanding. Okay. Don't yeah. quote me on yeah. it, yeah. but it's my understanding. Because I was thinking, what, we're going to squeeze four games in now? Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. I think that sums up the uh, international yep. side. So Agreed. let's move to the domestic. Now, you mentioned this in the intro. So... I, I'm not too uh, across where this came from, whether it was leaked or whether it was fed to the media by Rugby Australia, but what has been released is what they're calling the the pony list, which stands for Players of National Interest. Now, this is a list that has been put together by Dave Rennie and his coaching staff as potential players that they're looking at and monitoring for Wallaby's inclusion later in the year. I think that it is an interesting list, and we're not going to go through and name every single person on it because that would just be boring podcasting. But there Number are some sixty-three Jordan <laughs> Pattaya. I think there are some really interesting names that are present here. Um, I think firstly we need to notice that the last one came out in August, and there was only three Waratahs players on it, and yep. now there is far more than three. I think it's eight or nine. Um, and that's 11. a fair eleven. Okay, so that's a fair reflection of the. Um, in, increased quality of the Waratahs over the last few weeks. So this very much is a list that's going to fluctuate with the uh, fortunes and quality of the teams as they're played. I think we'll probably see one more at the end of the Super Rugby season. Um, well, but... I think what what ends up happening from from now, we've got two weeks left of two, two weeks, weeks left of yep. Super Rugby AU, then two weeks of finals. Yep. So a semi final and a final. Yep. After that point, I think that's when they'll announce their squad and bring those players in yep. and just work with them yep. together. So yep. I don't know if we'll necessarily see another list like this. Yeah, true. They'll just announce the, announce the squad. I wouldn't the the Wallaby squad. The Wallaby squad. Yeah, and yep. I think we're going to see it could be a really extended Wallaby squad. Yeah, I think it's you're going to be seeing a lot of up-and-coming players and young players included who realistically won't be a chance of getting game time in the um, rugby championship if it happens but we'll just be benefiting from kind of the high performance environment and the experience and expertise of the other players that are present. So people like that could be your Noah Lolesio or your Will Harrisons. If they're not going to be kind of in your match day of 23, then having them in the squad is a fantastic thing for them. Exactly, yeah. Pone Farmacilli as well. He's been absolutely killing it the last few weeks and having him learning alongside kind of your... Um, Alan James Alatoa, Slipper, Spencers, James Slipper, yeah. yeah, just those experienced front row veterans having this new guy come in and kind of challenge them physically, but also need to learn from them in their in the intricacies of forward gameplay. I think would be really really valuable. But there were a couple of players who I found it pretty interesting that they were pres- present on the list. Um, number one. I'm a little bit surprised that Reese Hodge is still in the equation at this point in time. Um, I know he has some very good qualities, particularly around his kicking game. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure if he's shown the quality required to really be a part of, or to really be up here. I think, for me personally, I think he has to be included, just because when we look at the names that are being sort of looked at in this squad, so if we just quickly run through... <laughs> For the 12s, they're looking at James O'Connor, Reese Hodge, and Ira Simone. 13s, again, Reese Hodge, because he can play both. Jordan Pattaya and Tavita Kuandrani. And then the wings, James Ram, Tom Wright, Marika Korobetti, and Filippo Dungunu. 
there's a lot of really inexperienced guys there. Yeah, you'd have one, two, three, four. Yeah, out of those names you just did, that's four. Um, and if you're looking at and then uh, the five eights as well, Matt Tamua, Noel Alessio, and Will Harrison. Yeah, we, we we play you'd. You'd have to say that they're going to start Matt Tamua at 10. No, the, I'd be starting James O'Connor. As exactly. Out but the, what they're saying yeah, here yeah, is that they're, they're including yeah. James O'Connor as a 12. Yeah. Okay. So you include Matt Tamua at 10. You play James O'Connor at 12. Yeah. Then who are you going to play outside him at 13? Yeah. Kuandrani? Yeah, he, he could be but there. he hasn't been playing that well. Exactly. He yeah. didn't even play on the weekend. He was pushed out of the starting Match yeah, day for the Brumbies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a rotation policy there and a few different things that we'll get into when we talk about the games. But I just think Reese Hodge has the caps and he has the experience to come in and the adaptability to be able to play multiple positions. Yep. And he can kick. Yep. He's got a really big kick on him. So I, I just think, yes, we haven't seen him much in this Super Rugby AU competition. He has been injured. But I still think he has to be in there just for that cap that experience level. Yeah, and it may well be that Dave Rennie's thinking ahead and going, okay, there is going to be forced changes to the squad that's required because we're going to have all these young players coming in. We've had so many people go overseas. I'm going to have to have debutants or very... Um, yeah, exactly. People inexperienced with, guys. Yeah, very inexperienced people. So I'm going to need to have on a spine of my team as many experienced players as I possibly can. Um, so, like, if Rob Simmons can still be picked, even though he's not continuing at the end of the season, um, well, then he's going to be in the team. I mean, the because other thing we have to think about, too, about this squad is that he's got the thought in the back of his head that we're playing a full test series against yeah. New Zealand. Now, you don't want to be putting uh, Will Harrison on Noel Alessio or Ira Simone or Jordan Patea, really, or James Ram or Tom Wright. I mean, he's... These guys have no experience against New yep. Zealand. Yep. They're going to get smashed. Mm. So I can understand why he's in there. Yeah. So I think um, there are some other interesting names that could be worth just speaking to. I mean, it's probably a good thing if we stay away from the backs for a moment because, <laughs> I don't know, people always talk about the backs and actually focus on the forwards. Um, like I mentioned before, at Tighthead Prop, you've got Pony Farmacilli as well. And he's just a really interesting one to have in there because he's really inexperienced, but has been um, just his star power. He's been really energetic and has really drawn the cameras, particularly with the aggression and physicality that he's shown. Um, his, his he can run it, up, can't he? He can run it straight. Uh, he can run it straight. And his combination against um, Tupo. Tupo the other week was just incredible. Um, but I thought that it was interesting on the hooker side of things, the inclusion of Connell McEnany yeah. and Tom Horton. So those were two names. I just wasn't sure how much I was expecting those two to be. I in. really, I mean, I can't say I have too much uh, knowledge on McInerney's um, form this year. He's been coming off the bench, obviously, for the Brumbies. Yeah. Um, Look, um, I haven't really noticed him. Yeah, that's that what. Much. That, but that's what I mean. I mean I know like he's nothing, a good player, nothing but... jumps out as going. Oh yeah, no, he can throw fairly straight, and he's he's all right, scrummager. But yeah. it just nothing comes up. And Tom Horton as well. Like he's been playing really well the last few weeks, though. He had a shocker this weekend. Did he? We'll, okay. we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that. But I mean, yeah, he's he's good and he's upcoming. But it's his first year of Super Rugby too. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Maybe he's one of those development players, so they end up bringing yeah. him just for the... And that's the same players. thing that, that we look at with um, Farmasuli. Like, yeah. I don't think he's going to get much game time. No. But no. he's just going to learn that much by being in the squad and around the Wallabies players. Yeah. 
that he'll be ready next year. Look at your second row, though. Look at the experience, or lack thereof, of the second row. Ned Hannigan, Rob Simmons, and Lucan Salakaloto. Take Rob Simmons out of that, and I'm pretty sure Salakaloto has about 20-something caps in him. Um, Hannigan, and how many has Hannigan got? Not, not, not many, many more. He's been playing at number six for a exactly, while as well. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, and then you have Hosea, Philip, and Caden Neville. Like, our second row stocks are so slim, it's incredible. So there's a lot to be said about the issue up at the Reds with mm. losing Harry Hawkins and yeah, is, Isaac yeah. Rodder. Um, we won't dive into that again now, but it just kind of hammers home how much of a loss that was. So, yeah, looking through this list, it's interesting. I don't think there's a huge amount we can really take from it. It does raise a few interesting questions about if, if we're to jump back to the backs now, uh, who's going to be the 9, 10, 12 axis? Yeah. I'd be pushing for um, Tate McDermott, James O'Connor, and then Matt Tamua as in 9, 10, 12. There was also another um, interesting point. I don't know if you caught the, um, the rugby ruckus this week, mm. but Morgan Turanui was saying um, quite rightly on that that we could see some quite interesting combinations picked just because, and players that we wouldn't necessarily think deserve to be starting, yeah. but because they're playing the club their club. Way. Yeah, rugby. So at the yeah, moment, yeah. if we're getting James Slipper and Alan Alatoa starting yep. as the two props, well, then you're going to have to go with Fainga as the hooker yeah, because it's the Brumbies. And there's right. no standout yeah. to, to take that place. So. Well, I don't think Falau Fainga's a great thrower, but um, it's the you just for experience and stability, yep. you just have yep. to put him in there. So yep. I think we... And there's the same thing too goes if we're getting Michael Hooper at seven, potentially Ned Hannigan at six... Who's going to play eight? Like, do you just stick with the Lockie Swinton as as a six or or an eight? Like, who nah, knows? Yeah, look, I, I hear what you're saying about the idea of combinations. I just don't think you can. I I'd be really interested in having like a nice Sarani, Harry Wilson, and Michael Hooper back row. That would be pretty powerful. So you play nice Sarani at six. Nice Sarani at eight, and then Wilson at six. Okay. Um. Wilson's a little bit more mobile, I think, than yeah. Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think there's a lot to be said. And, I mean, we haven't discussed this ahead of time, but I was thinking, well, we haven't done a Wallaby squad discussion for a while. I think it'd be interesting to just wait until the end of the yeah. um, end, of, end of the competition. We'll hold it for them so we have yeah. an entire Super Rugby comp that we can draw from. And then we can, yeah, and then we've got the form to pick as well. Yeah, form to pick. We'll go back, we'll do the research on the stats and everything like that and how the players have actually done. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. So, look, that's probably enough on the pony side of things. The only thing I wanted to say as well, there was another um, article that's been released by rugby.com.au. Christy Doran had a good oh, yeah. chat with yep. um, Dave Rennie, and he mm-hmm. did say that this this list changes by the minute, basically. Um, yep. There's players that would have been listed here that would have played quite badly on the weekend who haven't been included or uh, have dropped off through injury. What he did say in that interview that there's three force players that they're looking at, including. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they haven't named who they are. Um, I would imagine Ralston's one of them. Yep. But um, yeah, we could see that change as well. So mm. I think we're just going to have to wait until uh, probably three weeks, a month's time. And then when the, the official team gets released, we'll yep. go from there. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, one thing, just because you mentioned rugby.com.au, um, I just want to say thank you to Beth Newman, who has finished up with rugby.com.au, and Chrissy Doran has taken over there. I think Beth has done a really good job over the last, what, two, three months yep. with COVID 
being there. She's basically been a one-woman show at rugby.com.au and has been putting out all the articles, doing all the research, all the interviews, um, basically on her own. So thank you, Beth. It's been really good to follow your writing and best of luck in whatever opportunities come up back yeah, up definitely. Queensland. So yeah. thank you. Cool. Um, don't know if you've watched too much of the Shoot Shield over the last few weeks, Andy? Nope. No, none of that? Okay. Well, um, I'm really <laughs> happy to say that Gordon this year is doing really, really well. Brilliant. They have... <laughs> Siri is just wanting to jump on the conversation. <laughs> Get out of it, Siri. Um, yeah, no, this is the third week in a row that they've put more than 50 points on an opposition. Wow. So this week they played Newcastle, which mm-hmm. was to be expected. Yep. Um, they won that. Last week they played Warringah. And put really? 50 on them. They put 50 on a rack. And the week before that, they played... Oh, I can't remember who it was. But yeah, the scorelines have been massive. So it's okay. great to see yep. Gordon doing really well. They're, they're shaping up to be the favourites this year, which is okay. great. Who's their coach again? Darren Coleman. That's it. Isn't he going over to America? He is, season? yeah. Yeah, okay. Which is a real shame because he should be one of the super rugby coaches. Yeah. Like I mean, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he'll come back. He will, yeah, hopefully. Um... But it, last week, were, the game of the round was against Southern Districts and Sydney Uni at Sydney Uni, oh, and good. Southern Districts won it in the last like minute of, of the game. It was excellent. It was awesome. Such a great, yeah, great. Uh, in the last, so Sydney Uni was down. They came back and scored two tries in the last ten minutes, and then like evened it up. Mm-hmm. And then Southern Districts scored off the last play to seal the game. It wow. was just fantastic. That's incredible. Scenes. Absolute scenes. So yeah, I just want to encourage everyone, if you're not watching Shoot Shield, really do just give it a watch. It's on from 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon on 7-2 and it's just, it's really good content. So we've only got two games of rugby a weekend now. If you can squeeze in a third one, I would really um, suggest you do that. Now before we move off the news, there's one other quick thing that I wanted to say and I haven't prepped you on this one, Andrew. So oh, it's... Um, yep, yep. We spoke last week about the um, the state of the union or the state of origin mm-hmm. super rugby competition mm-hmm. that's been uh, announced by Rugby AU. Some news has come out this week. We, we were speaking last week about the fact that uh, the eligibility around the teams and that they were going to have this drafting system in place. And we were a little bit not sure how we were going about it. But what Rugby Australia has come out and clarified this week is that they're opening up this state of union to be players picked from overseas as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're saying that you'd be having a Queensland team that would be including Quade Cooper, um, Will Genia. Will Genia, I just had a mind blank. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Scott Higginbotham. Yeah, potentially. You could bring, for New South Wales, bring back Bernard Foley, Nick Phipps, Sakopi Kepu. Like, yeah. that's what they're hoping for in this sort of State of the Union type game to bring oh, in cool. these players. Yeah. I, I reckon that just that changes the whole sort of vibe for me. Yeah, I think so. I think because you're getting these... I mean, if you can get released from the clubs... That's the other thing I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's that's a really enticing concept. It just adds an extra level of quality to it as well, if you're getting... And look, it depends. Um, Quade Cooper is still really fit, if you check his Instagram profile. <laughs> <laughs> he's still keeping himself uh, fit and trim. But it just depends on the age of some of these players and whether or not they're just over the hill. But that's the thing. You'd still have the Australian Super Rugby players to back them up. Yeah, so true. you'd be having yeah. like a back line that potentially has Quade Cooper, James O'Connor, Philip Dunkunu, like all these guys. Yeah, like yeah. having all of them in the one team would just be awesome. Like, How cool. But then that does raise the question, if they're going to have this drafting system of players that don't qualify, yeah. 
And no, you've got these players. Surely they get rid of that. Surely. Well, they, they need a third that. team then, because how are you going to fit all of the Super Rugby players, the stars mm. as well, and the the wild card spots? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Watch this space. It's good news. Good to chat about, and um, hopefully we'll get some state of the union stuff happening. If not at the end of this year, then next year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll watch this space. All so right. I think that um that wraps up the news for now. So let's move on to the games of this week. Let's hit it up. All right, now we move to the two Super Rugby AU games. And um, I'm just going to be honest, I was moving house over the weekend, so I have caught up as much as I could on both games, but the level of insight I have may not be as high quality as previous week. But Mitchell, you're across both games because yes. you are young, married, and don't have kids. That's right. So you can watch as much rugby as you want. Plus, your wife likes the game as well. Half the time. Um, half the time. Half the time. Yeah. Now, no, I, I did catch both games. So Now, I found the Western Force Red game really fascinating. If you guys haven't caught it, it was 5.57. So the Reds ran away with the game in the second half. It was actually pretty close. Um, about five, ten minutes into the second half. It was actually pretty close. Was, I mean, there was 50 points in it, but it was, what, if you look 10, at it... 10 nil at the half time, and then the... 15 nil. Was it 15 nil? 15 okay, nil. and then the force scored the first um, try after the, the second half. So. 15 five. Yep, and they missed the kick. Missed the kick, so 15 Story five. of the season. But then you just look at that, and you go, well, 15 five after 45, 50 minutes. Like, they're still in that game. Yeah. And then the floodgates open. So why don't you just talk us through some of that? Yeah, so um, I thought, first impressions from this game. So I caught the first 30 minutes, say, live. Um, And to be honest, I was not impressed by the Reds. I actually thought they should have been a lot better than they were. They kind of weren't doing much. They were playing and they had a fair bit of possession, but they just seemed to kind of be standard like mm. take the ball into contact they were trying to throw it around a little bit but it just it just didn't seem to be clicking for them and then um in the 39th uh, 30 29th minute sorry James O'Connor sent um Filippo Dungunu over for his second try and I think that kind of just sparked things for them yeah. it was a great uh, I don't know if you've, you would have yeah, seen it but yeah. it's a great try he's just popped us the pass on the inside that he was coming through a pace, kind of like a Jack Maddox sort of try for the mm-hmm. Waratahs. Um, and yeah, and from there, they just kind of seem to to flick on, yep. apart from Tupo. So <laughs> 10 minutes later, Tupo makes his brilliant break straight straight through the, the middle of the field. Um, yep. And he's just, he's pelting. He's going so fast. And there's there was no way he was not going to score this try if he hadn't slipped over. Yeah. So he slips over. He he wasn't even in contact. And he wasn't expecting that slip. No. And it, you could tell that it shocked him because he's slipped over and then he's landed on the ball and it sort of bounced out of his hands. <laughs> and then the best part is he stands yeah. up and he looks at the ref and he goes, back? Like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, mate, nah. Now, before we go any further, there's this really interesting um, Instagram post from James O'Connor. I just want to quickly read it. Yeah, go for it. Um, so, this is after the game. Actually, it was put out yesterday, so Sunday, yeah. Just wanted to send some energy and respect the way of Western Force after Friday's game. It was a solid victory for us, and I couldn't be prouder of my brother's Red Reds rugby. But I recognise that this Super Rugby AU competition has been so successful because of the competition. For the Western Force to put such a competitive team together at short notice while staying away from home for the entire experience is honourable and deserves mention. All in all, I'm very excited by Australian rugby right now and proud to be a part of it. 
some other stuff. We are on the rise. Now, some other stuff. Imagine James O'Connor of 2010 fame writing something like that. I don't I even know if back then he could put that many words He's together. just such a changed man and yeah. is one of the best redemption stories of Australian rugby right now. Um, I think he's taking over from the mantle of David Pocock and just being the nicest guy all around. Yeah, well, um, I guess it. I mean, Pete Summer is up there as well yeah, for that for that title. He but really is. There's always been that one bloke that you just you just watch him play and you go, he's just like I want to have a beer with him. Yeah, just like I want to have a chat with him after the game because he's a legend. I want to know what this Savior World stuff has done to James O'Connor. Like he's just a new human. Well, being. from what I understand, he was saying that they broke him in every aspect of his being. Yeah, so physically, yeah. mentally, spiritually, yeah. like exactly. I don't know what that means, but it's, <laughs> it's done great works. things. Yeah, yeah, because even when we've had some very limited communication with him from like a media perspective. Yeah. He's been respectful and he's just been probably the most, um, yeah, respectful of any of the people that we've spoken yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Really. So, yeah. No, it's, it's great. Anyway. Um, and the good the... thing too is to see that he's actually playing really well. Yeah. He hasn't just come back and like been a great guy and given yep. it a crack and yeah, he's okay, but he's not doing that well. The yep. fact is he's pushing to be the starting 10 for the Wallabies. Like, yeah. And there was something I wanted to say to that. So one of the things that, if you watch just the highlights package again, so many, apart from Tate McDermott's like little scoots away and, <laughs> and stuff like that, but so many of the Reds tries come directly from O'Connor. And you were mentioning it before with the Dungoon and inside pass to him kind of cutting that line, um, like Maddox yep. often does. Yep. The reason why that play works is because the number 10 straightens his run and is has his shoulder square to the fence and yeah. is sitting the defence. And so, because they're not dropping across, he can just pop that inside pass and cut straight through. So many of the great plays that happened by the Reds in this game are because of O'Connor straightening the attack, getting his shoulders through the tackle, or having his shoulders square, and having options either side of him, and making good choices from that. He's not crabbing across the field. He's not just looking to run himself all the time. He's putting the defence in two minds of whether to rush up on him or to just wait for the pass and then hit the receiving player. And he's just playing with a confidence that's fantastic to see. And so I think, in in my personal opinion, he is the front-running number 10 for the Wallabies, if we're looking ahead to that. Not just based on this game, but based on the last few weeks Yeah, yeah well. definitely. Yeah, no, he's um, been playing well. His kicking's improving as well, too. So that's... Again, he still missed a few thing. this week, but yeah. it's getting better. It's getting better yeah. than it was. Um, I mean, it's no Will Harrison, but... Okay. <laughs> anyway, what else did you want to say about this game? Look, um, I think we've got to say the force... It's just the story of the season for them. Like, it's getting hard now. Yeah, it really they're is. They're just tired. They're tired. They've been away from home for yep. so long. Yeah. And you could kind of tell there was a few points in the sort of end of the game when, and I was watching the replay again today thinking this, like, they've got 40 points or 35 yep. points at one point to go, like, the gap. Mm. And they're still, they're still facing up and making the hits and that kind of thing. But you could see that there's just frustration there. Yep. So there was once or twice where they'd scored a try and then one of the players would just lay a shoulder in late or yeah, push yeah, someone I over. I think yeah. James O'Connor scored a try and then he got pushed over and that kind of thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's hard, man. Like, yeah, yeah. to just keep going and to know that, like, oh, we're giving it our all, but we're still getting smashed. And they're a bit part... that They are a team of people that are grafting and trying their best but 
They've been put together at the last... They've had people brought in at the last minute. Yeah. There's a core that have played through the um, Global Rapid Rugby. But they just have a lot of extra players that didn't have the time to gel together as a team. I mean, like, in, in a positive, exactly what you're saying. But they, they're, fa- they're fronting up. And they yes. are yes, they are of decent enough quality that yep. the scoreline hasn't been breached by 50 points at halftime. Yeah, correct. But they do fall away. And I think... Yep. It, it, we've said this the last few weeks. It has been expected of them coming into this competition. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's man, it's hard. Like, yep. but leave these leave these guys together for another year or two, and I really do think that they will be so much better, and they will be competitive again. I think um, we also need to mention Tate McDermott here. So <laughs> Tate McDermott at the beginning of the Super Rugby AU comp was, for, I think he started the first couple of games. Yeah, and no, then he was, he was relegated to the bench with Scotty Malula starting for the Reds for three or four games yep. in a row. And at the time, a whole bunch of us are questioning why. Mm. Why are you having Malula start and McDermott come off um, come off the bench? When in, at least in our opinion, uh, McDermott is by far and away the better scrum half yep. of the two. Now, I can't be bothered going into conspiracy theories as to why that <laughs> was the case. Maybe it was just simply a bad call. Maybe it was a bad selection decision. But maybe there's something we don't know behind yeah, it as maybe, well. man, Yeah, maybe there was personal stuff going on. I don't know. But the reality is he's started the last two games. Oh, I think I know what it was. He was taking Brad Thorne's car space. Oh, really? Yeah, so <laughs> okay. he was parking in his spot. So yeah. he's like, no. Nah. Yeah, okay, cool. So it's basically just a massive alpha player. Right yeah, there. yeah. Okay, so Tay McDermott this game was a bit of a revelation. Um, he had a nice little snipe down the blind side of Iraq. Um, so you a cheeky little drive yeah. and then that tap and go from the midfield where he ran about 60 meters and stepped three people in a row it was just beautiful and seeing um angus Blythe in the background the front the second row is chasing up and going yes yeah he's like, the just like what is this <laughs> that was just fun to watch and it showed that they're really enjoying i mean it, when you when you're absolutely nailing a team by that much by that point, yeah, yes, you're gonna celebrate a little bit more, or at least have a big smile on your face. But he he had a great game, and it's good now that we have Jake Gordon had played a couple of really good games the previous couple of yep. weeks. You've got Joe Powell down at the Brumbies that's been doing really well, although he didn't start this weekend. And my man Ryan Wanigan did, <laughs> and then you've got Nick White as well that's back into the picture, yeah. and Tate McDermott. So you've got four. Decent scrum halves, one with good international experience, Nick White, and the other three potentials. Yeah. So it's not. I mean, it's, Gordon's it's, got yeah. one or two caps. He's so. got a couple, but not enough to say yeah. he's an experience. No, exactly. Um, international. Now, one thing I did want to say before we moved off this, and I think this is um, something that's been building over the last few weeks, but this comp, I think, in my opinion, has unlocked the encouragement of the players. Yeah. So they're backing themselves. Yeah, so what you yeah, see cool. in the first little while of this game is the Reds were kind of doing their things. They were going okay. They were doing their basics fairly well, but they weren't they weren't outstanding. Yeah. Then they started to score tries and the confidence came. And then what I've noticed, and it's not just the Reds, the Brumbies are the same, the Waratahs were the same when we played the Reds. Yeah. You get a few tries up and you just start playing crazy, miraculous your rugby. Your passes start sticking. But your passes stick, yep. your kicks find touch. Yep. Like, all the basics work really well. Now, I think that is what has been so good about this domestic competition, yep. is that the players are getting confidence in their own abilities. Yep. If we look back to Super Rugby in its old format, 
they might be playing as well and trying these things every now and then, but then they're getting smashed by a Kiwi side by 60 points. Yeah. So yeah. it just lowers their belief in themselves. And that's when we've seen as Waratahs fans, the Waratahs sort of go to pieces. And then the week afterwards, they're just, they haven't been able to build on their skill level. But we're starting to see teams now just they're clicking and their their base skill set yep. is improving. And a great example of that would be Fraser McWright's try in the 55th minute. So that's the one where um, O'Connor gets his arms through the tackle, his, his arm up high, holding the ball in one hand over the shoulder, flicks it off with his fingertips. Can't see McWright coming in off his left shoulder, but obviously he's got a call or it's a pre-planned yeah, thing. He just knows, knows he's there. there. Yeah. So he makes his bust, arms up, taps the ball down, and McWright just grabs a power through for the try. An awesome bit of skill, but it's also that confidence to go for it. Because yeah. if McWright's not there and O'Connor has to try and bring the ball back down, he's going to knock it on and lose it. Yeah. Um, and then people will be saying, oh, what a poor carry, secure the ball. Yeah, why did, carry. You, why did you go for that miracle yeah, play? Exactly. It wasn't on, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so I, I, I really like that point that, yes, this is giving our players opportunity. Now, I wonder if we look forward to the future. I don't know if this would happen. In It's an, a bit of a pipe dream, really. But say next year we don't get to play a, a trans-Tasman competition. We have yep. another round of Super Rugby AU. We don't play the All Blacks this year. Yep. But the players have just been building in their self-confidence mm. that they back their own ability. And it just it unlocks that little thing in their brain, that little inhibition that we've had. Because... Yep. We have the skill set to beat the All Blacks. We've beaten them in one-off tests over the last few years. We just yeah. haven't been able to consistently do that. Yeah. Now, I yeah. wonder if you would see the players build so much confidence and belief in themselves that they come up against the All Blacks and they really do match them. It's an interesting point because, I mean, everyone talks up how Ireland, how good Ireland were before, what was it, the 2015 World Cup? Yeah. Um, because they'd beaten New Zealand, what, twice? Well, it was, it was this year as well. Go, oh, going last year, they they beat New Zealand and yeah, yeah, and so they were ranked two. But then. the thing is, Ireland play them like once every two, three years yeah. or something like that. Like England. Whereas, how many times do we play them in a single year? It's a minimum of three. Yeah, a minimum because of the Bledisloe games. Yeah, and so I just wonder how their national confidence would be <laughs> as a nation if they're playing the top team in the world, which New Zealand has been more consistently even though they're not number one right now um well done south africa <laughs> it's just i i think there's a lot to what you're saying yeah. here that if we're not playing against the absolute pinnacle then yeah of course you're wanting to be testing yourself against the best of the best but only when you have the confidence your own ability yeah. and i think this is the perfect time for us to build that confidence yeah, yeah. to take that time to get ourselves right yeah and then to compete and I would, I think by playing this domestic competition and not playing New Zealand all year, it will lift the Wallabies. Yep. People do say we need to be playing the best to be the best and to be able to beat the best. Yep. I don't necessarily agree with that because mm. it's it, it's a mental thing. Yep. We saw it this year. We we well, last year, sorry, before the World Cup in the Bledisloe, we smashed the All Blacks yep. in Perth. We played so well. We went across to play them in where was that Dunedin? I think it was. Wasn't it Eden Park? Eden Park, maybe. Yeah. I, I can't remember where, where that second game is. And we got flogged. The same team. Exact same, exact team, same team. And it's just that we're playing in New Zealand. Yep. We're playing in Eden Park. We can't win here. The statistics say we can't win. We're not yep. going to win. 
So, who knows? Well, anyway, um, we've managed to just not talk about the actual rugby game for a long time there, which is brilliant. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure that's it, and there wasn't another rugby game at all on over the weekend, so I think we can finish the pod here. Is that right? I mean, I guess people will be happy that we haven't actually spoken that much about the Waratahs. I know, week. how good. So why don't we finish it off here and not talk about <laughs> we need to. Um, so, Brumbies, 38, Waratahs, 11. What a sad, sad day. Now, interesting point. I was um, finishing up moving and went to the pub to grab dinner and this is a pub near where we live and I won't give too many details away but it is a pub renowned for being a rugby union pub so the staff there are often old boys of private schools in the area who play rugby union and to a pretty good level I mean it's on the it's on the upper north yeah yeah Sydney so I mean you just put it down to about four pubs but that's okay and um, it's an interesting one not a single TV in the place was showing the showing the Tars Brumbies game at all, and mm. this is a pub which is, so they actually had the in the I think it was the England India cricket game on, but weren't showing the Super Rugby match that was being played. Maybe someone asked and, that. Oh, well, maybe, but they were showing league on about six of the TVs, yep. AFL on about three, and then cricket. <laughs> And it, it just amazed me. I mean, I was there with friends and wasn't going to be watching the game anyway, otherwise I would have got in trouble. But um, <laughs> That'd have been an enjoyable dinner. <laughs> it was just fascinating to note, honestly, how far down the pecking order um, rugby union actually has set. That's, that's the reality check you get. I mean, yeah. we've, we, we find ourselves... All the time. But we find ourselves in a little bit of the, um, the rugby bubble. Like, yeah. we're members yeah. of the Waratahs... We will watch it week in, week out. We'll go to the test matches. We'll go to the rugby games when we can. Yep. So we're there. We're the diehard fans. We have our own podcast. Like we'll talk <laughs> for hours about rugby. But you go to a pub where you think you'd be able to watch the game and you can't. Yeah. And that's when you sort of have this realization that, oh, people don't, that, care. People don't care. Yeah. And there's a lot to be, maybe that's, you know, there's a lot to be said. Maybe I'll write an article about it. Do it. I think that's a good point. Anyway, let's actually get to the game now. Um, so 38-11, there was a part of me that was expecting this. There was a part of me that didn't think the Waratahs could be consistent for three games in a row. And I was worried. Well, I, mean, I mean, in saying that, though, we played the Force last week. And I, no yeah. disrespect to the Force, but as we just said, yeah. they're, they're not going to get a win. So. No. And so, look, it's, it's also been the case that a team that's coming off the bye has often played quite well. That's been the case for the Reds, the Rebels, and the Waratahs. And now it's the case for the Brumbies as well. Yeah. So just the extra week off to rest, recuperate, work on some plays, tighten some areas that have been deficient in the previous couple of games, seems to have benefited each team. And so the Brumbies came out of the gates, despite having a massive numbers, number of changes to their team. I mean, they had Cutter in at 13. Yeah, of I think they had made nine changes yeah, to, last, to their yeah. last... Was that nine changes as a starting team? I think okay. so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was a it was a significant change. Um, but what were your thoughts on what the Brumbies were able to do that was honestly just superior to the Waratahs? They did their basics well. Mm-hmm. So they did everything, every facet of the game. They did well. Yeah. So they scrummaged well. They had their 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 passing was on point. Um, the it's it's sort of like we were saying in the last game as well that they started to get that belief and that yeah. that uh the the courage to to go for those miracle plays a little bit because they were starting to push the lead so far ahead. It's 
Interestingly as well, this was a very similar scoreline to when we played them in Canberra earlier this year. Yeah. You look back. Yeah. Final score this week, this time was 38-11. I think last time was 42-11 or something like that. Basically, the same thing happened. The Waratahs did okay in the first half. They held with them. Yeah. And then the second half, they just went to pieces. Yeah. And look... There's also a very important thing that I do need to say is that this win was sparked by the best player of the Brumbies, which is Ryan Lonigan. Um, he was undeniably, undeniably offside. <laughs> um, so if you haven't seen it, basically, Lonigan is a scrum half, plays it back to, I'm assuming it's Kunzel, it's Kunzel who yeah. um, puts the grubber through. And because Lonigan's the one that's passed it back to him, he's in front of him because he's such a putt of back and, and then he just, just takes, takes it off. forward <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, then somehow it. somehow the referees and the TMOs don't see it and the the commentators are just flabbergasted at the fact that this has been missed um, I don't think it from obviously if you look at the scoreline the Brumbies were the better team but what your comment on that was I just find it frustrating first of all that we don't we can't get those basic things right yeah. and I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the the Waratahs hard done by whistle here, <laughs> but it feels like it's our. It, it happens to us all the time. Mate, we lost 38-11. But this was their <laughs> first points. We were up by three points at this point, and they hadn't scored yet. That's a momentum changer. So they score this, they go up to seven. They score again a few minutes later. That's when the gap really pushed out. But in the Waratahs' defence, they did come back and they did go into the break one point behind. Will Harrison very well could have put them ahead. He missed the kick. Will um, Harrison missed a kick? He missed a kick. So he scored a try near the sideline and he missed a kick. I mean, you've got to... Disgusting. It's understandable. It was like zero <laughs> degrees him. and raining. Him. <laughs> it was practically snowing. Yeah, actually, it was snowing all around Canberra. Yeah, freezing. <laughs> freezing day for rugby. But... Yeah. Look, there's a bit, like I said, I was expecting this loss, um, partly because of the uh, the cold conditions down in Canberra. It's really hard for a team to visit and play uh, the enterprising brand of rugby that the Waratahs have played over the yeah. last two weeks, partly because of the lack of consistency that they've demonstrated, um, partly because the Brumbies are coming off the bye. So as much as I wanted the Waratahs to win... I'm not surprised that it was a fairly heavy loss. Now, this actually puts a pretty big hole in the hopes of a finals place for the Warriors. Yeah, it really does. So, from what you were saying before off-air, we need to win our next game against the Rebels at Waikato on Saturday by or win point. it and get a bonus point. Yep. And then the Rebels and deny the Rebels to, a bonus yeah, point. Yeah. And then they would have to also not get a bonus point against the Force. Against the Force. So the Force would need to beat them. Well, they could. No, they could still win and not get a bonus point. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And we so could still on, potentially... <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to beat the Rebels. By yeah, we'd have to beat first. them by a bonus point first. Possible. But we could we could still just beat them, yep. but score more than four tries. So it's it's possible. Yeah, true. But we, we'll get to that when we sort of do our predictions. Yep. Um, I was really impressed this game with Samu. Pete yeah. Samu stood yep. up. He was everywhere. He scored two really good tries, although one of them he was in touch. I will. Yeah, his foot um, was just just on the... And even after the game, they interviewed him straight afterwards, and they're like, oh, he scored two tries, mate. And he's like, yeah, um, I was pretty lucky. Uh, My foot went out, but they gave it to me. So (laughs) (laughs) So even he's admitting that he went out. Yeah. 
I think um, Pete Simon raises an interesting question because he's not a um, Bull King number eight. And so, I mean, we're at this point of the season, we're always thinking about Wallaby uh, selections. I'm always thinking about Waratah selections, but in this case, <laughs> I meant to say Wallabies. Um, and Simon's not your barnstorming Bullock King number eight that's going to be bending the defensive line with the power of his runs. He can sometimes play that game, but he's also much more effective, almost like a Kieran Reid type player, playing mm-hmm. a little bit wider in a channel. Yeah. Sometimes with a link man, or maybe getting his arms through the tackle and offloading. Or like a little bit like a Michael Hooper. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And so I just wonder if you actually look at moving him as maybe a number six and having nicer on your eight. Yeah, well, I mean, um, that's the other thing. You need to, if we go with a back three combination of Hooper, Nicerani, and, and Samu, mm. Samu's not a big guy. Like, yep. he's not tall. So who's going to jump there? I mean, you've got the second rowers, but you probably want a second jumper in that back three. Yeah. I'd have to have a look again. I don't know how yeah. much um, Nasirani or Samu jump at all. Samu time. does jump. He does jump. He, he can do it, but he doesn't have the height to get up and over it. Now, he would be your third choice jumper. Yeah. Maybe the back pod or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something we can talk about a little bit later. Yeah, okay. Um, one thing that really stood out to me was the Waratahs really were hurt by the loss of Carmichael Hunt at 13. Yeah, yeah, big time. So this, I think, was the first time, and I'm just speaking from memory here, I haven't seen any stats here, but I think this was the first time that we had Forchetti and um, Walton playing together, and that combination didn't click. Yeah, because Forchetti's been injured for the Yeah, or he just hasn't been picked, because he's behind, and rightly so, he's behind Carmichael Hunt. Yeah. I really don't rate Forchetti. Yeah. Um... Walton is still so fresh and green. Mm. He's doing well, but he's not doing amazing things. Yeah. The we just they there was probably four or five times that I I realized I I saw in the game that the ball would we'd be have the tackle would happen on the touchline, and the ball would just go straight down the back line, and then James Ram or the other winger or Newsom would be yep. tackled on the other wing. Yeah. And they've gone forward by about a meter but they've gone all the way across field and they do it again or they kick it away. Like they just had no one that was straightening up that attack. Yeah. And you're right. Cause what they were, cause that is a typical Waratah thing to play with width. At least it has been over the last month to play with width and then try getting around the defensive line. But what you can, what's, what seems to have happened without Carmichael in the line is the capacity for that hard running center player to straighten that attacking yeah. line. And to even to change the direction. Forward, yeah, and to then get that go forward or that slight change of direction to enable it to not just be a predictable side-to-side shuffle, which you can easily just drift with and shut down. Um, Carmichael adds that edge and abrasiveness. And just to, the knowledge. To just, yeah, to just make the defense not rest back and be and passively soak up whatever the Waratahs can mm-hmm. try at them. Yeah. Um, so I think it seemed to be a minor hamstring strain. Yeah, I mean... Report, it, so he should yeah. be back this coming I'm week. I'm hoping so. Um, but look, I think we've been going on for a fair while, so we probably do need to start wrapping this yeah. up. Um, any final thoughts you want to say about this game? Look, I just... It's a little bit of a conspiracy here, but... Um, <laughs> and I've probably thrown a few of these out this week. But the Waratahs do not play well with Angus Gardner as ref. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, we had Angus yeah. this week, and we he just... He didn't have a bad game. Like, he hasn't I mean, been refing. But that wasn't him. That was the TMO. Because he did yeah. ask the TMO you know, to he check. Did. He did ask him And to the TMO's gone, yeah, no clear, no, you're offside. And it's like, no, you got that wrong. Yeah. But he hasn't, he didn't have an overly bad game. But 
he just was making calls all over the place and he was particularly pedantic at the Waratahs. He also, in the last few weeks, he just seems to have lost the ability to manage a scrum. Oh, really? Okay. So it's happened a lot that the scrums go down and he blows a penalty, but it could be for anyone. And it, there's no consistency there. And the, the scrums under in his games collapse a lot. Yeah. So fingers crossed we don't get Angus next week. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully not. Um, okay. Well, why don't we finish things up there? I think that's it really for all that we need to say about the games. Oh, we haven't gone through our predictions. We oh, haven't. Sorry, the, the, um, oh, the oh, tips. The tips. The, the tips. tips. Who got the chockies? Who got the chockies this week? Okay. Let's quickly run through it now. Now, I do need so, to say to everybody out there, um, the chockies were hand-delivered to... Uh, our friend Carlos. Who oh, he got some chockies? He got some legitimate chockies. I should have got a photo of him with a chockies. So, let it be known that if you put your tips on our posts on Instagram or Facebook, you might get chockies. The majority of them are symbolic chockies we need to put out there. Uh, <laughs> but some of them are real. Yeah. So, just know that. We may even contact you and ask for your address, and that way you may be getting a chockies. Maybe. 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 Okay. It's definitely not because I work with Carlos. Uh, not at all. No, he just... <laughs> yeah, no. It's... So, the first game of the round, we had Force V Red. So, Carlos said Reds by 20. Oh, God. Closer than me. Uh, Tim said Reds by 15. Okay. You said Reds by 14. Oh. And I said Reds by 10. Okay. So Carlos, Carlos gets the chockies. Well done. Well done, mate. Now, the Brumbies Waratahs game. Tim said Waratahs by five. Carlos said Brumbies by eight. I said a draw. I was mm-hmm. wrong. And you said Tars by 10. So again, Carlos <laughs> gets the chockies. Far out, Carlos. Taking it away this week, mate. Well done. Well done. Very, very well very done. Very well done. Um, okay, cool. So I guess that looks into, well, leads into really nicely the upcoming games for this weekend. Um, so we have, what's the Friday night game? So it's Brumbies versus Force. Brumbies versus In Canberra. Force. Okay, so I'm really sorry, Force, but <laughs> the Brumbies are going to win this one decisively. So I'm going to say, I'm just going to put this one out there. Brumbies by... 28. Oh, really? Okay. I actually thought you'd go for more. I was thinking that, but I think the Force have enough pride to bounce back from a heavy defeat. But it's like in that. Canberra. I know. I know. I know. Okay. I know. Okay. I know. Yeah, look, uh, the Force, uh, just, I can't see them being able to get up now. Yeah. Like, after getting smashed by so much this week, and then mm. the last time the Brumbies played the Force, they didn't score a point. Yeah. So I really just think the Brumbies will run run through this. The, yeah. the Brumbies now know that they need to score as many points as possible to secure bonus points yeah. to get that final. If yeah. they win this weekend, uh, sorry, no, it'll be next week because the Reds have a bye this week. Yeah. But if they win, if yeah, they need to get as many bonus points as possible to get the final. Yeah. Um. So I I reckon we're going to see another fifty point margin. So I'm going to say forty five. 45. Yeah, I just, it's going to be big. <laughs> That's massive. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, why don't we move to the second game of the weekend? So, that's a Saturday night match with the Waratahs versus the Rebels. Well, it's the Rebels ho- hosting the Waratahs. Oh, is it a Rebels game? Yeah, it's a Rebels home game, but it yeah. is at Leichhardt Oval, so it is okay. in Sydney. Yeah. 
Uh, we should look at going out to that one. Yeah. Anyway, um, I want the Waratahs to win. Oh, really? So I'm, gonna I'm surprised by that. the Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gone with this one again. the opposite. So I'm going to go Rebels by 10. Oh, really? Only because every time I tip the Tars, they lose. So, and I tip the other team, they win. So I'm going to tip the Rebels by 10. What's your call? So this is, gonna, this is the last Tars game of the year. If they don't win this, they don't... They don't play they don't again. Have a chance, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I really hope that they just give it everything. Yeah. And I really, it needs to be dry because the Rebels play well on the wet. And I want them to score some early points because they give them the, the go forward to then put on a lot of points. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going for the Tars in this one. I think it's going to be tight. So I'm going to say Tars by five. Okay, that's exciting. Tars by five. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is the following week when you get to the final round, both games are on a Saturday. Yeah, so they've that's probably something we didn't talk about. They've announced yeah. it as Super Saturday. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, got two games in a row. First game will be the Rebels vs. Force at 5pm. That's going to be played in Newcastle. And then it'll be Reds vs. Brumbies at 7.15 in Brisbane. So, yeah. Reds vs. Brumbies. Yep. So that's basically the final. Essentially, yeah. Yep. And that'll be the playoff for who hosts the final. Yeah, yep, it will be by that point. It's, that's assuming that the Brumbies win this weekend, which is basically a given. Imagine if they um, didn't, though. Yeah. Let's just put it out there. Imagine That's if the Force just be. pulled something out of the bag, yeah. and then like they beat the Brumbies, yeah. and then the Waratahs beat the Rebels. I mean, again, it's not by like Brumbies. fifty. <laughs> like we beat the, like we beat the Reds. Yeah, true. True. It can happen. It can. We've seen it. We've been there. Come on. All right, let's wrap this thing up. No more pipe dreams. Um, why don't we finish it up there? Thank yep. you, everybody. If you've got to this part in the pod, we love your dedication. And thank you again for hanging out with us as we chat about rugby. Um, get in touch with us on the social media platforms. Uh, again, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hit us up on each of those and look forward to hearing from you. That's it. We'll catch you all next week. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast. You can follow us on social media at the following outlets. Follow our Facebook page at Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast. Send us a tweet at at pick underscore drive rugby. Follow our Instagram at pick underscore drive underscore rugby. Or send us an email at pickanddriverugby at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any questions or feedback you may have, so get in touch. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next week.